Is there anyone among here this morning that would benefit from God touching and healing their body, their emotions? Maybe you've gone through some kind of trauma, post-traumatic stress disorder or something like that, um, or some other health issue, whether it's to do with depression or things like that. Is there anybody here this morning that you, if you had an opportunity to be healed by God, that you would like it to happen? Would you raise your hand? We've got a few people. I want to let you know that today's going to be a good day for you. Amen? All right. Um, the healing team met. They meet together regularly, and they were praying this morning and asking the Lord, uh, you know, what is, he, is, it he, is it that he wants to do? And uh, there's a couple of things that they felt God was showing them. Number one, that he is going to uh, deal with depression this morning. So if you're here and that's ever been an issue for you, you can be set free this morning. Uh, that there's somebody here that has right shoulder pain. If that's you this morning, we're going to pray for you at the end, um, and you're going to receive a touch from God. And also that there may be some people here who um, don't actually know God and know Jesus as their Savior. Maybe you've heard about Him. Maybe you've even been in church for a while. Um, but you don't know in your heart that you are right with God, that today is a day that you can be. And so we're going to have an opportunity to um, receive from God at the end of the meeting too. All right. If I can ask you to do this then, we're going to um, read a couple of scriptures. And then we're going to look at God's desire to be our healer. And then how we receive healing from Him. It's real simple this morning. Uh, before we do that, I want to uh, show a testimony of one of our own uh, in the family here, John Washko, of a healing that he received. So let's go ahead and take a look at that before we... For years and years, for decades, I have had a bad hip. And it had gotten to the place where many of you know, I, it was, you could see me and it was a struggle for me just to walk. And I was limping and, and I was in pain almost constantly. And God did an amazing thing. God touched me and healed my, healed my hip of all the pain. I woke up the next morning, and you know, if you've been in pain for any length of time, especially decades, I got up and I got out of bed and it was so different. It was so weird not to have pain. I didn't know what was going on. And then I remembered that God had healed me and that there was no pain in my leg. And that Monday, after that Saturday night, I went to a specialist and, and he sent me for therapy. and. This is back in September, and now we're in at the end of January in 2018, and God has healed the pain. And you know how good God is? He took away the pain. That's what he does. He's so amazing. And so he's healed me, and I know if he can do that for me, he can do it for you. amazing? Let's just give God a hand. Thank you, Lord, for that healing. All right, I'm going to want to read a couple of scriptures here. Um, and my goal here is that we see the heart of God uh, with respect to healing. So um, you can turn your Bibles. We're going to put them up on the screen here. But we're going to read a passage here. We're going to read something in Exodus in the Old Testament there. We're going to read uh, in the Psalms something that David wrote. Um, we're going to read from the prophet Isaiah. And then we're going to read from Matthew when Jesus fulfilled what Isaiah had spoken about many hundreds of years before. So in Exodus, 
This is what God says to his people here. He says, and he said to them, if you will listen carefully to the Lord your God and do what is right in his eyes, if you pay attention to his commands and keep all his decrees, I will not bring on you any of the diseases that I brought on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. In other translations, it says, I, the Lord, am your healer. So right before Christ had come and died on the cross, we have this message that God spoke to his people, and he made a contrast between those who were his people and those who were not. And he said, for you, my people, I want you to know that I am your healer, that I will heal you. And so in Psalms, we're going to look at this, David also spoke as he was there with his harp and he was in the presence of God and he was composing these amazing psalms. And as he's singing to the Lord in Psalm 103, this is what he says. He says, praise the Lord, my soul, all my inmost being, praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases. He redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion, who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Who would like their youth renewed like the eagle? I think I'll take a little bit of that. How many of it are diseases does he heal, according to David? All of our diseases. This is the amazing father we have. And so then the prophet Isaiah... He spoke about Jesus. He spoke about Jesus in his coming. And he said this in this well-known passage in Isaiah 53, verse 4 and 5. He says, Surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering, yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. And the punishment that brought us peace was on him and by his wounds, we are healed. That what Jesus did when he came to the cross for you and I, as part of his redemption, he tore what separated God from us so that we could now enter in and have fellowship with God. We could be right with God. The Bible says we are now all priests. You don't need somebody to communicate to God for you or advocate for you. You yourself can have a relationship with God himself. And as part of what Jesus did on the cross, that the curse and the afflictions that came upon us as part of the curse of the fall that he has brought freedom from those things and that his wounds on the cross have brought us healing in our bodies. Isn't that amazing? What a good God he is. And then when Jesus was going throughout the area and fulfilling his ministry, he fulfilled that very passage that we just read here, and we read about it as Matthew writes about what Jesus did in the 8th chapter of Matthew in verse 16. And he says this, that when evening came, many who were demon-possessed were brought to him, and he drove out the spirits, and with a word, he healed all the sick. This was to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet Isaiah, that he took up our infirmities and he bore our diseases. And I want to let you know this morning 
And in case you have any doubt at all, that if you are suffering with any kind of affliction, if you're suffering with any kind of physical issue, any kind of physiological issue, that you have a heavenly Father that wants for you to be healed. And not only does He just want it, but He made a way by sending His Son that that which we could not have and we can't have out of ourselves, that He will provide for us. It isn't just a case of having right standing with God, but it's a case of being restored not only in our relationship, but being restored even physically in our bodies. And our God is a God who heals His people. So it's God's desire to be our healer. So the beginning point that we start with here is the heart and the love of God. It was because David knew God's heart. The Bible tells us that he was a man after God's own heart. It was because he knew the heart of God that when he was there seeking God and in the presence of God, out of that relationship, he spoke with such confidence when he says that he is the one that gives us all these benefits and he heals all our diseases. It, we're not healed because of faith. It, faith is a way for us to access healing from God, but we're healed because God is the perfect and generous Father who wants to see us made right. It's because of His love for us that He has healed us. And, you know, we often... We often talk about faith and we talk about the importance and the power of faith. But when it gets to the subject of healing, we can't start with faith. The place to start with healing is with a relationship. And it's because of who God is that he provides healing. And then when we see him for who he is and we believe in who he is, then we have access to that healing. And I'm going to share an illustration in a minute, something that happened to me this morning that kind of fills this out. That it is God's desire to be our healer. And we receive healing from Him by faith. We don't get healed because of faith, but we receive who He is by faith. It's not a formula, you can't work it up, but faith is a confident relationship in the character of God. So let me tell you a story that bears this out here, um, and then we're going to take a little time and pray for some folks. I woke up this morning early, and you know when you wake up in the morning and things feel cold to you, and you're like, I don't really want to get out of bed, don't want to take the covers off, it's a cold morning, but this morning when I woke up, things felt particularly cold, and I got out of bed and I began to go downstairs, and I'm like, I need an extra sweatshirt on. Something is not right this morning. And so I crept downstairs. I tried to see if I could do it without rousing the dog from his slumber and having to deal with that whole thing. And I made my way to the thermostat, successfully navigating the dog. And sure enough, the heat was set to, at this, at this time in the, in the night, it was set to 64, but the temperature was 57. And then a little uh, light was lit up on the thermostat that said recovery mode. 
I'm like, what the heck is recovery mode? But it doesn't sound good to me. Now, I'm pretty handy with things around the house, and I like to pride myself on being able to take care of things and fix things. So I now went into diagnosis mode. I was supposed to be praying for this morning, for the meeting, but I've got a family of six people who are not going to be happy when they get up and it's 55 degrees in the house. So I went downstairs, and I could hear the furnace kind of turning itself on, trying to ramp up, and then turning itself off again. So I went down there, and I pulled out the little kind of instruction manual, and I started reading through. I looked at the light that flashes that tells you what's wrong with the thermostat, and I went into this diagnosis mode, and I'm trying to figure this out. Okay, it's not the thing which I fixed last time this happened. It's a different thing now. It's not the open limit switch. It's the pressure switch, some kind of pressure switch. And so I got down on my knees, and I'm fooling around with it. I'm taking off panels, and I'm looking at it. And I, and I think to myself, okay, here's what I think I need to do. And I'm trying to figure out the next steps. I go upstairs, I turn the thermostat off. Then I go ahead and turn the furnace off. I do it all in sequence. I turn it back on again. I try to see if it catches, if it goes, it doesn't go. And I'm going through this whole process. And I'm thinking, I'm wasting time with this, trying to figure this out myself. But maybe I need to actually talk to the person that knows this system and knows what to do about it, and can actually fix it. Why am I wasting my time trying to diagnose something, to find my way, when at the end of the day, I really don't know how this works? And so I looked at the number on the side of the um, furnace, and there's a company that I've used before when I've needed help with this, and it's a Sunday, I didn't want to call them. I know how much it's going to cost if I call these people out on a Sunday, but I called the number on there, and eventually I got through to the hotline, and a guy by the name of Nick answered the phone. Now, I was happy to hear from Nick, because I know Nick. Nick helped me out before at this company. And so I said to Nick, I said, Nick, I've got this issue with my furnace. I, I, I kind of know a little bit about it. I think I know where it may have started, where I can trace it from. But can you, can you help me with this? I, I don't want to call you out on a Sunday morning at 7 a.m. at this point. He's like, no, it's going to cost you $230 just for us to get there. Like, I definitely don't want to do this. I can light a fire. We'll make it 24 hours if we have to. <laughs> but Nick, you know what? I don't really know what to do, but can you help me out with this? And so he said, he said sure, Jeremy. What, what code is it reading? I told him the code. And he said, yeah, a number of people have called with this. Um, here is what you need to do. He told me to trace these certain pipes. He told me to go outside. And he said, you will probably find that something is blocking one of those pipes outside. So I thought to myself, that's not true. I know there's nothing blocking it. I was out there just recently. And I didn't see anything blocking the pipe. But in my mind, I know I'm talking to Nick. I know this guy knows all about my system. He's fixed it before. And so I said to myself, who am I? I'm not going to fool around diagnosing this. I'll put on my boots, get on my hat and gloves, and I will go out and do what Nick tells me to do, because he's the one that knows my system. And so out I went, trudged through 18 inches of snow around the back of my house to where these vent pipes come out. And lo and behold, what do you know, but there is a six-foot inflatable alligator blocking <laughs> the vent pipes 
the vent pipes for my furnace. And it had been there for a while. I don't know who put it there. But it was stuffed up against the exhaust pipe for my furnace. And all it took is a little bit of snow to build up on the alligator, build up around there, and then it covered that vent pipe. And once it was covered, the system shut down because it's not going to be in a situation where it cannot exhaust those gases outside and potentially put them in the house so the whole system shut down. What's my point in this story? My point is this. I could have run around taking my time doing a really bad job and probably failing at trying to fix my system. So I made the choice to call someone and reach out to some, someone who I knew, knew my system, and who I knew from the previous relationship I trusted this person. And when they told me to do something, although initially I actually thought that they were wrong. <laughs> and it cost me something. It didn't cost me money, thankfully. This all happened for free. But it cost me something. I had to do something to go out and receive from the benefit of the instruction this person gave me. And when I chose to put my trust in, in them, which in some ways wasn't hard because they'd been proven themselves trustworthy before, I received the benefit of what they had to give me. And my system got fixed, and it didn't cost me a dime. And it was kind of funny in the process. Because I found that some, there was something blocking my system that needed to get moved out of the way. And once I found it, then everything worked again. So I want to let you know today that if you have put a six-foot inflatable alligator somewhere where it doesn't belong <laughs> and forgotten all about it, that God will be faithful and show you that it's there so you can move it out of the way and you can get your system working again. Joking aside, we may metaphorically have things in the way that are causing a blockage so the system isn't working. We may forget they're there. We may not have even put them there ourselves. But we need to know they're there so we can get them out the way so we can get things working again. So this morning, when it comes to healing, we have a wonderful Heavenly Father that has told us throughout the course of Scripture that He loves us and He wants us healed, whole, healthy, and restored. He has the power to do it. He has the desire and heart to do it. And if we know who He is and we're prepared to trust what He said and maybe do some of the things to take the action steps to receive what he said, we can all receive from him. Whatever it is that we need, we can all receive from him this morning. I'm going to ask you to stand now. We're going to have the healing team come up. And if we could have the yeah, Fee and Wes going to play. Um. And we're going to pray. I want to show another quick video before we do that.
we're going to see a couple of other folks here who have been healed by God. And I, as we're looking at this, just hit a pause for a second there, guys. <clears throat> I, I want to make a, a, another point here clear before we come up for prayer. Um, when it came to what happened with me this morning, with this, my furnace, with my system, there were things that I had done and had been done that shouldn't have been done. In my case, it was an alligator. That shouldn't have been done that messed my system up. Now, once I heard about, once I knew about that, I had a choice to deal with it. Choices can create challenges. So there may be choices that we've made that we need to respond to to open up the way for God to minister to us. But the Holy Spirit is faithful to show us what those things are. But here's the key point, that God does not change his heart or his mind because of what you or me may have done. He still wants to see us healed and restored. But he is faithful to highlight things that we may need to stop doing or may need to start doing in order to live out a healing. Jesus um, sometimes healed people and then says, go and sin no more. His heart is for wholeness, but in order to live in that, there may be things we need to stop doing. And for some people, it was you need to stop sinning. So the heart of God is not restricted to withhold healing from anyone who eagerly seeks it from him this morning. He will be faithful to heal all those that ask for him. Let's look at a couple of these testimonies here, and then we're going to have a little time we'll pray for folks. Taylor and I were eating lunch, and uh, we had just a general conversation. I says, you know, my ears are really ringing. They've, I have had tinnitus for years and years. Before, I was a police officer, did a lot of shooting, and I still do a lot of shooting. And I didn't always wear ear protection, so I got tinnitus. And uh, Taylor says, well, that's easy to fix. So he came up, and he, was, he started praying for my ears, and my ears started getting warm, and then... The ringing went away, and it went away pretty much within like a minute or two. It wasn't didn't take very long at all. Yeah. And uh, everything worked out great. I haven't had a problem since. Yeah. Our journey first really just started with my diagnosis. I went in for a routine physical one day, and uh, the doctor. Uh, flagged me for having uh, chronic lymphocytic leukemia. And I just remember the weight of that hitting me. And, and in the church environment we were in, they had no real hope for that. Um, they just all were saying, you know, you must be lucky that God chose you for this. And they were attributing God to having to been the one that gave that to me. And I was supposed to bear up under the weight of that. Like two weeks later, I'd been crying myself to work in the morning, wondering how I'm going to provide for my family. And I told the Lord, you know, you say in your word that your yoke is easy and your burden is light. And I can't bear up under the weight of this curse any longer, so you just need to take it. And I just remember right at that moment that the, his presence just fell in my truck and boom, just like that, it was gone. So yeah. the doctor told me I had like uh, seven, to seven to ten years before it was going to be a problem, and it's, just, it's never manifested. And it's manifested. been 12 years. It's been 12 years. Yep. Come on. So when four years later, I got diagnosed with breast cancer, 
and that blindsided me. I mean, it was, it was just devastating for me at first. And then the Lord put me at this great place of peace. Um, and, and I had made the decision to have a double mastectomy. So I had that done. Um, but on the other side of the mastectomy, I ended up very depressed and very discouraged and wondering where God was. I was stage two, so they decided they wanted to do radiation and chemotherapy. Um, and I could not find peace about that. It was really the first time in our life that we made a conscious effort to wait on the Lord for every next step. No yeah. matter what the doctors were pushing us into, no matter what we felt like we needed to run to, we would always just pray and sit and wait before the Lord and wait until He said, go this yeah. way. I had this moment with the Lord where he leaned in and he showed me all the places he was during my recovery. I had a vision of us sitting with the oncologist knee to knee and the oncologist telling me my prognosis. Jesus walked in, pulled us to one side and, and um, separated the doctor to the other side, raised our hands and said, these are for my glory. So he showed me where he had been in my journey because I wondered where he was. And it was at that moment that I knew we were going to be on a turning point. So I am seven years cancer free, Taylor's at 12 years, and we are a sign and a wonder. What the enemy meant for our destruction, the Lord was able to use to just uh, redefine us, to, to reacquaint us with the goodness of who he is, and, and to put us on a path now where we're able to go out and help lots of other people who don't really understand the fullness of what we've been given in the gospel. Yeah. Wonderful, amazing. We're going to have a little time here in an atmosphere of worship. The team's going to play. Um, and I want to invite you now that if you raised your hand when I asked about 20, 30 minutes ago, that the power of God is here to bring healing and restoration to your life. So we're going to um, follow the, with the worship team here. Um, those who want to receive something from God, I want to invite you to come up now. Um, the rest of us, if you can just join in an atmosphere of worship, feel free to sing along on worship. We're going to take about 10 or 15 minutes, and we're going to pray for every person that wants to receive prayer here. And uh, for the rest of us, feel free to uh, worship uh, as God is here right now among us.